Welcome to Whiskey and Wonder. All right, all right, everybody. We are back. Hello, everyone. I am finally here in person. Yes, it's been six months. It's been 85 years. Yeah? Yeah. That long, huh? Yeah, it feels like it. Time flies. <laughs> we are Whiskey and Wonder. Uh, yeah, we are. And every week we get together and we review whiskey and teach the other something that makes us wonder. I almost held this up to the thing to show them we're Whiskey and Wonder because mm, I wanted nope. to make coasters. That uh, is not our coaster. That is not our coaster. Uh, that is a that coaster is... that came from the Jack Daniels Distillery. Yep. That looks very similar. Because I might have blatantly ripped off the Jap Jack Daniels logo, possibly. Uh, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> you you use their style. I got inspiration. Yeah, you, you drew inspiration for them. Anyway, we are Whiskey and Wonder. And that's Tyler. I'm Tyler. It's on the screen. If you're on YouTube, it was, and it'll come back, I promise. <laughs> and, and that's Megan. <laughs> I'm Megan. There we go. And you'll see that on the screen, too. And it's got some cool stuff like our Instagrams, our personal Instagrams, and our uh, emails if you want to reach out and talk to us individually. So all that stuff, go check it out on YouTube or the show notes down below. We're going to dive right in today. We're not going to waste any time. Y'all good with that? I'm good with that. All right. Let's go. Then first thing I'm going to mention is uh, the change up to our Patreon tiers. Uh, so we have three tiers. One is $2 a month. One's $5 a month. And one is $10 a month. The $2 a month is the taster tier. And it basically gets you uh, like we're going to drink to you essentially, like say cheers. And then you'll get to vote on what goes inside our infinity bottles. If you don't know what an infinity bottle is on YouTube, I am holding our bourbon one up right now. Essentially, it is a bottle where you pour your own blend. And as you, we put a poll up on Patreon every week that you can go vote whether that whiskey goes in the infinity bottle. Now we only have the bourbon one going at the moment. I do have another empty bottle that we're going to do for rise and scotches. Uh, we're going to get a third bottle to do for scotches. So each time we do a bourbon, there'll be a poll whether or not you want it to go in the bourbon bottle, which this one is. Um, there will be a poll for rise and a poll for scotches. And then basically when we do a special, you know, we'll have a special where we break them open and mm. we kind of create our own little blend and see you see guys. if it's any good or if we made a horrible, horrible mistake. Well, we're not really creating it, honestly, because you uh, guys are the true. ones you voting guys on are it. creating it. So, so if you <laughs> vote the ones that we rate terribly in there, we're going to hate you. And if you vote the ones we like a lot, we're going to love you. So I will never hate you. Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. Um, who knows? But that's the plan with the infinity bottles. Now, every tier gets you the ability to vote on those. Um, but the $2, the taster tier, that is the main perk with that. The $5 wonder tier gets you early episode access. So you'll get the episodes, uh, video and audio on Mondays. And it gives you a code for our store for a free sticker. So we have stickers again. Um, the $10 or a connoisseur tier will get you everything I mentioned for the $5 plus a shout out on live on the air plus a 20% off one order code for the store. So you can go get yourself a t-shirt, some stickers, get your uh, whiskey and wonder uh, whiskey tumbler glass that we have with our logos on them. So if you guys want to do that, head over to patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. 
Um, like I mentioned, we do have shirts and glasses and stickers and stuff in the store. We have ladies, we have men's shirts, uh, styles. So if you have a preference to one or the other, you can check those out. I think we have from like, uh, it's either small or extra small up to like two or three X in the shirts. So everything for everybody. Or Um, every body. Yes. See what I did there. (laughs) Uh, wait, hold on. Hold on. Oh, oh, oh. There we go. I'm, I'm slow on my draw today. Um, Want to want to take a minute and uh, mention our five thousand listens celebration slash embarrassment for Megan? We've not forgot Megan. You've no. tried to dodge us for a month, but <laughs> I thought we, if I just didn't come, <laughs> we have not forgotten. I got you guys' back. Um, so we're still in the process of getting that organized and together, but it is on our list. So uh, if you don't know what that is, basically Megan's got to go out to dinner with me and Shelby and her her boyfriend Houston and she's got to wear a very very for her embarrassing dress and hot pink tiara you know mid-rise heels horrible yeah so um and there you are on screen you can see our instagrams and who we are and whatnot um the last announcement that we're really gonna get get into is just uh happy happy fourth of july this episode's gonna come out well after the fourth of july unless you get it early um, but we are recording it the night before, so everybody be safe. Keep your fi- uh, keep your fingers, you know, take care of your dogs if they're afraid of fireworks. And, yeah, everybody be safe. I don't have a whole lot, of say, lot to say about 4th of July this year. Oh, it'll be all right. We'll make it. Anyway, um, if you want to check us out, uh, the store or any of the bourbons or episodes we've done previously, you can find all that stuff at whiskeyandwonder.com. Search us on YouTube. You can see our lovely mugs on the screen. I've been putting some real effort into the uh, the little, uh, what do you call them? Graphics? <clears throat> yeah, well, not the graphics, but the um, the little display that pops up on YouTube that shows the topic. I was just... Title? You. Title card? Yeah, the little title card, whatever. Thing, display image for the videos. I've been putting more effort into making those a little more appealing. Um, so y'all go check those out and see what... See what you think of those. Um, email us, contact at whiskeywonder.com. We have this awesome mail time drop that we don't ever get to use because nobody emails us anymore. Um, so, yeah, do that. And uh, our Instagram is at whiskey podcast. I think I mentioned the Patreon earlier is patreon.com slash whiskey and wonder. But just in case I didn't, there it is again. Oh, all right. Now that it's all done, let's move on. open segment all right it's open all right i feel like i have not talked to you in so long i don't know yeah it's been a while it's been a while yeah i don't know all right, stained <laughs> <laughs> i caught that i don't know what to tell you about my life um did i tell you that the the third gremlin was born no Okay. No, I think last we spoke that it was coming in the next. It was day like or Baby two. Watch. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, Gremlin came. Gremlin here. Um, well, Gremlin's a step up from Crotch Goblin, so. No, it's Crotch Goblin. Okay, well. They're all Crotch glo- Globlins. Cro- Globlins. 
So, Crutch goblins. Uh, I have not learned how to speak English any better in the past month. Okay, well, that's me neither. <laughs> <laughs> so, what? Uh, how's the house things going? Con- first off, congratulations. I know, uh, I know your brother and sister in law listened. So, yep. congratulations to you guys. Uh, you can tell me off air what what they yeah. went with name wise, but yeah, I don't know if they want name yeah, on air. Yeah, we'll, so. we'll see. We'll keep that off the air. But congratulations, yeah. and uh, how's things been? At home with a new life form in the in the uh, house. I mean, uh, lots of whiny and crying, and some of it is the baby. <laughs> Only some of it. <laughs> um, it's been interesting. Yeah. Um, every time I'm around a baby, it makes me realize like how much I don't want a baby. Yeah, I can relate. Yeah, no, thank you. I can want. I was around. Uh, um. I can't get into too many details, but I was around a scenario last night that just made me, I'll tell you off air, but Ooh, okay. it was, uh, it just reinforced to me that I don't want the responsibility of a child in my life. Truth. So, well, other than baby watch coming true, what else has gone on? Uh, do you watch Stranger Things? Do not. You're a whore. Well, Stranger you know. Things, uh, fantastic. The part two of season four dropped on Friday. So of course we binged it and it was great that's, and wonderful. That's on Netflix. Yeah. I canceled my Netflix. You should watch stranger things. Get it back. I, I am, I haven't watched Netflix in uh, like two years, really every once in a while I would throw like Seinfeld or something on, but I basically had it because my parents watched it and now Netflix is doing all these rumblings about, charging extra for sharing passwords and shit. And I'm not going to support that. They can go fuck themselves. They're the, if I was reading something the other day that was comparing Tesla to Netflix, which is very interesting because it, it's a company that came in and everybody thought it was going to revolutionize. And then the old hat companies just adjusted. It just took some time. And you're seeing that with Tesla, like all the old car companies are adjusting to making electric vehicles. Yep. And so now I'm like, I don't think I want to be anywhere near a Tesla investment right now. Yep. So, um, um, but yeah, no, that's part of, I, I just don't have Netflix anymore. Cool. Well, speaking of something kind of interesting and kind of Tesla related, and I literally have done absolutely no research on this myself. This is all just what I've seen on social media. So it's probably like not true, but um, supposedly there was like a rocket that has, randomly shown up on Mars and no one knows where it came from. Um, That's interesting, if true. And ever since the announcement of said rocket, Elon Musk has been like silent on Twitter for like the first time in years. So I don't know how true uh, any of what I just said is, but yeah, it made it was something that I remembered. Oh, I'm, I'm going to look that up and see what's going on with that. That so. is interesting. I just like that you said the Elon Musk Twitter thing because I don't know how that guy's not being arrested for market manipulation. Uh, money. When you have yeah. all the money in the I world, guess, yeah. you can do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Um, capitalism. Funsies. Well, the whole world's not capitalism, capitalistic, though. No. You can do anything anywhere. Yeah, it's power and money. Mm-hmm. Corrupts, absolutely. God. But, it's sickening. Yeah. That's the human condition. We're not above it. Mm, that's why aliens won't talk to us. Well, <laughs> yeah, maybe, but uh, hell, we don't want to talk to each other, so 
Oh, that's also why yeah. aliens won't talk to us. So, um, what else is new? Um, God, I don't know. I've been so insanely busy at like work and stuff that like I feel like my life has been go to work, come home, go to work, come home, go to work. Story of my life. Um, so I can't think of anything really interesting, um, other than like Stranger Things and, um, uh, oh, well, we started a new D&D campaign literally on Friday. Yeah. So playing D&D now in person on Fridays. Oh, fun. Um, I am not DMing, which is. Who is? Uh, our friend Dale. Okay. So I know Dale? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, but I'm not DMing for the first time in a very, in, in forever. I thought I would be like a forever DM. Um, so I'm actually getting to play. Um, our first session was last night and it was pretty fun. So we're going to see how Last it goes. night or Friday? Friday night. Okay. Sorry. I don't know what days are. Yeah. It, time it, is, they blend together. Time is irrelevant. It's an illusion. Oh, there goes oh, a firework. Oh, look, there goes a firework yeah, and a so, brookie dog. All right. That, that's something else to address. I didn't so, hear it in my headset, so uh, I don't yeah, know if I anyone else. I didn't either, but so it is the night before the 4th of July, and all through the neighborhood, fireworks were being shot off, and Benson, Shelby's dog, God almighty, it sounds like a cannon going off outside. We get to play, is it a gunshot or a firework? Oh, it's all fireworks. I can go make some gunshots, but anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so Benson uh, is very barky at the fireworks, so if you guys hear him barking in the background just know that he is completely shut out of this room and still getting through so um i think the highlights i think i've pretty much talked about everything on here i don't know if you've listened or not over the past couple weeks but uh to summarize my my grandfather got put into uh, a dementia facility and my grandmother started going downhill really fast and fell twice and then went to the hospital and died. Mm. And so we had the funeral so last sorry. week. That's eh, fine. I mean, I, it's one of those things where, like, I got to say my goodbye when she was awake. Like, I made my peace with it. You know, it just, it, it was weird going to the funeral. I haven't been to a funeral since I was my other grandmother when I was six. So, and I don't really remember that. So, and it was weird because for the first time in my life, all of my family was together. Like, I I shouldn't say, oh, shit, I'm so sorry, Nay, come here. I just Did you I, just kick my dog? No, I just poked her in the eye. <laughs> I went to pet her, and I jabbed my finger right in her eye. I'm sorry, I'm oh, so sorry. Oh, Navia, you poor dog. She's been so lovey, too, like she hasn't seen me in years. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been 85. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was like my, obviously when I had my surgery and stuff last or two Mays ago, my family was together, but I wasn't present, you know, I yeah. was, I was in a coma. So, <laughs> um, I didn't really get to, to experience that, but Shelby did. And so it was weird for me getting to experience both sides of my family coming together, you know, and, uh, I, as weird as this will sound to people, you know, and I'm not going to get overly emotional or anything on here, but like I went up to my mother at the funeral and I said, I need a favor from you. 
uh, we're going to take a picture later. And that's basically all I said. And then when my dad got there, because my parents divorced when I was one. Like, I don't have a photo of the three of us. Aww. And when my dad got there, I was like, hey, I need a favor, and I'm not asking. Like, we're going to take this picture. And so I got Shelby to take a picture of me and my mom and my dad together. For the first, for the time, first time in 27 29 it only took me 29 and a half years to get one. God. But I finally have a picture of me, my mom, and my dad. So, well, that's uh, congratulations. And it was not a good picture. My mom's hair is blowing in her face. My dad and I just look like just mean mugging the camera. But it's like, you know what? It We're here. We're th- we got it. I'm good with it. Life, that is the, the goal I never thought I would get checked off. So, oh. So, I'm uh, all things considering, you know. Could have been a, a much worse experience. So true. Um, other than that, I went and saw my grandfather yesterday over at the place. He got to come to the funeral. Um, and he was very uh uh I don't even know, like he was just so grateful for everybody being there and so grateful to he's just he's just really been very grateful about this whole situation and he's approached it with a very good attitude and like this is just it 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 is what it is i've got to live with this i can't control this and you know so um so he's in really good spirits and i'm i'm very very surprised and i'm just uh i I don't want to speak ill of my grandmother especially since she just died but it's polar opposite of of what happened like they when when he had to go into the hospital, he he basically just his spirits changed, and he was like like I said, just with it and accepted it and everything. And then she started going downhill and was just ornery and angry and grumpy, and she would fight you tooth and nail and everything. She didn't want to do anything. She didn't want to bathe. She didn't want to get up off the couch to go to the bed. You know, it was just it was polar opposites and. I don't know the last. Uh, so she actually died last Sunday night. So that would have been the 26th. Uh, yeah, the 26th. I got to call it like three in the morning. Um, and I had gone to see her that Saturday and I had called so that she, my grandfather could talk to her on the phone. They'd been together over 60, 63 wow. years. I think it was. Wow. And um, it was amazing to see the change in her when she got on the phone with him because she was she was not in her right mind at times. And then as soon as she got on the phone with him, she was exactly who she's been my whole life. Aww. And so it was it was very interesting. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that was uh, that was an experience. I'm like I said, I'm not. Really too tore up about it. Um, I appreciate the well wishes from everybody that, that has reached out. Um, you know, I, I got to see this woman decay to her to a point where I, I know she didn't want to live anymore, you know, and she got to, she got to leave all that behind. So um, I wish Shelby would stop getting me very touching gifts about it because it oh. makes me cry every time but oh no other than that i'm good with it she gets me these like really touching sweet things and i had to ask her today i was like please stop <laughs> please stop this is the only time i get sad about it so no more tears yeah so so thank you shelby but please stop 
<laughs> Thank and you, if, but if, enough. If you guys have any like sweet gifts you want to give me, just tell me, you know. Thank you. I'm sorry for your loss, and and we're good. Anyway, on that note, uh, I don't really have much else chit chat right. about. I got a new camera, but you know who the hell cares? Yeah, we've got a heck of a heck of a special bottle tonight for you guys. So I'm excited to move into that. You ready to go? Let's go. Opening the bottle. Before we dive anywhere into this, I want to give another shout out to uh, my friend John T and Ryan, his pal Ryan, who I've met. He's a really nice guy. Um, I think he actually just ended up moving across the country uh, kind of last minute. And unfortunately, I wasn't able to say goodbye. But Ryan, if you're out there listening, hey, I really appreciate it. This is freaking awesome. Today... Ryan was nice enough to gift us half a bottle of Knob Creek 15, which this stuff is not even on Knob Creek's website. It's literally, it's like $170 a bottle and it's not even on their website. They make uh, select Mm -hmm. like special releases of it. And I think they've only done it twice now. And this is the second batch. So correct. So thank you, friend Ryan. Yes. I'm going to be pouring small tonight. I just want want to let everybody know <laughs> this one I'm trying to keep as much of as possible. Fair. Um, so we've done Knob Creek whiskeys before. Uh, Knob Creek is a distillery from Jim Bean, but we definitely have not done the uh, aged 15-year one yet. I think we have um, done the rye and the Knob Creek 9, nine single yeah. barrel select. I have the actual Knob Creek 9 Excuse me, in the cabinet. Um, but we haven't actually done it on here yet. Okay. So just to reiterate from Knob Creek's website, when the very first bottle of Knob Creek was released, its mission was to restore whiskey to the way it was meant to be, patiently aged and full flavored. This commitment not only helped Knob Creek overturn all the softer, milder whiskeys on the market. It was also a major step toward making the small batch whiskey movement what it is today. We don't age our bourbon nine years and longer because we're required to. We do it because the extra time and effort are well worth it. Under the care of seventh generation distillers, minutes become days, the days become years, and the years become bourbon. Refined enough to sip, yet strong enough to carry a cocktail. We call it Knob Creek. So, uh, the Knob Creek 15 years is currently a, like, limited um, release bourbon. Um, Currently, at least according to uh, what Knob Creek says, there is no plan to make this, like, a permanent um, staple of the Knob Creek line. It's just kind of a once in a blue moon. This, like, special um, is going to basically pop up. and every bottle of it will have the batch number on the bottle, which I believe this one is KC002. Correct. Um, with it being the second batch uh, ever made. Um, just to let everybody know, this is a 100-proof bourbon. Um, I'm looking online here, and it goes for about 150 to $170, depending on where you're at, where you find it. 
Um, just a really hard to find, very special bourbon. And again, I can't say thank you to John and Ryan enough for making this happen for us. Um, you guys are the best. Yes. Thank you guys um, so much. So I've, I've been smelling this and I definitely, I have, uh, I'll tell you guys, I have had this before. Um, when I've been hanging out with Ryan and John, uh, in the past, but it has been a while. So, um, but, uh, I definitely get vanilla oak. Yeah. It's, I mean, it kind of redundant, but it smells very much like a bourbon. Yes. Um, it smells very like a, like a quintessential bourbon, but like a little oomph. Yeah. You know, like a little, little like extra something behind the flavor. Yes, for sure. Um, very oaky, vanilla-y, bit of caramel, um, some sort of fruit, um, like a dark fruit, maybe like a cherry or a yeah. plum or um, some, something a little bit on the darker side. Um, I'm trying to like pick out what that oomph is, and I just, I, I don't know if I necessarily can tell that it's one flavor or if it's just like these traditional bourbon flavors have just been mixed together so like quintessentially the way they're supposed to be it just kind of hits exactly like you would want uh, a bourbon to hit your nose um is is nay okay she's just like head down like sad looking uh because of fireworks so she's not She's not scared. She is attempting to get treats. Oh. Because she figured out, because she got startled once. Oh, so you're just a little shit now. She's being manipulative. She got startled once by a firework, and immediately, like, three people came over and, like, gave her all sorts of love and treats and stuff. And ever since then, if she's, like, around strangers or not me in Houston... She'll like make her <laughs> oh. eyes real big and get real small oh, yeah, and okay. like be like, please. Yeah, when you're already somebody like me that just absolutely, you know, gives her treats a ton yes, that she true. expects them. She is 100% trying to manipulate you, which is uh, why she's not like shaking or like gotcha. cowering in the corner. She's just trying to act super. I thought she was in trouble. I thought you had her leash like pulled super tight nope. on the other side. and Nope. Oh, she's okay. just trying to say like. Can I have some more? All right. Well, sorry to interrupt with that. I just saw it and I was like, oh my God, this dog looks like she's about to cry. <laughs> no, she's okay. 100% manipulating you. All she's, right. Well, she's brilliant at it. She's such a good dog. She's so smart. Yes. Annoying. Yes, she is. Um, 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 one other thing I did, I'm, I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, my beau. His birthday's tomorrow. He's going to be five. Yay, beau. It's his, it's his steak day. He gets a steak once a year. Happy birthday, Bohannon. I love you so much. I hope you're not putting any seasoning on that steak. Nope. Good job. Thank you. Not a one. Uh, come on. It ain't my first time. I, okay. I know. It ain't your first rodeo. Got to make sure, though. <laughs> All right. So I'm about to dive into this. All have right. you tasted already? I have not tasted. I've been smelling. Or did you tell us what we're supposed to smell? Oh, nope. Let's do that, and then I'll taste. Okay. So we are supposed to be smelling heavy oak, dried cherries, caramel, nuts, Musty spice, char, vanilla, menthol. Um, it is a heavy, 
coats the sinuses level heavy. Um, no. Hmm. All right. So I took one sip. Now I will, like I, like I said, I have had this before, but it's been a while since I've had it. But I immediately picked out at least four, if not five different flavors on the first sip. Usually, you guys know from experience with listening to this, it takes me two or three sips to get that many flavors. I got vanilla. I got like a, a dark fruit, a cherry kind of flavor. I got a spice. I got a um, oak. I got, uh, damn, I can't, for, I can't remember the fifth one. Uh, I, what I said, what have I said already? You got um, vanilla, vanilla, oak, oak, cherry, cherry, um, a spice, a spice. And, and I can tell you what I got. What'd you get? I got a char as well. Yes. A little bit of char. Um, definitely. Uh, 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 I've only taken one sip. So Ooh. it was just kind of an initial, like, I need to try more to see if it keeps having the same thing happening. Um, but the initial simp was definitely like a roller coaster of like flavor, 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 flavor. And then it it's, was. It's just like boom, 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 boom. Yes. And then I just had my second sip, which is what I remember from it. And it is a lot of the fruit notes went away, a lot of the char. And the sweet really comes through. Very vanilla, very caramel, a little bit of toffee kind of flavor. And I really, really enjoyed that. Very, very bourbony. Yes. Um, I would agree. That second sip, I still get the cherry a little bit on the end. Um, but mostly it becomes the oak and the char and the sweet. Definitely, definitely dessert. Um Vanilla, um, toffee, I think you said, caramel. Um, I'm almost getting something like maybe marshmallow or mm. um, something kind of creamy and um, nougat-y. Nougat? Maybe it's nougat. Maybe that's a, yeah, that's a better descriptor than what I say. Toffee? Yeah. Nougat, nougat is nougat. better. That's more nougat. what I meant, yeah. I think it is nougat-y. Nougat-y. Nougaty, 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 nougaty. Is that a word? Nougaty, yeah, nougaty goodness. All right. I mean, like is, a Charleston chew. Mm. Yeah. Well, that's not nougat. That's a marshmallow. It is not. It is too. It is not. One hundred percent. I will fight you. It's not a Charleston chew. Is not a marshmallow. I will take that to my grave if it's a marshmallow. I think I'm it's leaving. like, well, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a... It's not. It's a nougat. It will say chocolate-covered oh, nougat. Oh, yeah, you're right. Flavored nougat. Okay. Okay. I thought nougat Ooh. was tan. In mm. uh, Snickers, it's tan. In Charleston Chews, it's white. Yeah, they also, like... You ever had a Charleston Chew that's been frozen? Yes. Yeah, it'll break your teeth. Yes, it will, but My it st- tastes so oh. good. My stepdad eats them that way, and it, like... Oh, the first time it almost broke my teeth. Anyway. You freeze it, and then you suck on it. I... Not smart enough to do that. I crunch down. I'm a fat kid. Like I want to eat my. I want. I want it in my belly. <laughs> Come on. You know. <laughs> anyway. Um. So yeah. Uh, after Megan does this next sip, I'm gonna let her tell us what we're supposed to be tasting because I already know what I taste. Yum. <laughs> yeah, that about sums it up. Nougat. A little bit of char, but not overwhelming char. Oak. Um, just 
it very yum. Um, the palette. This guy says it is a carbon copy of the aroma with the earthy, rusket, farmy, darkly sweet profile. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I guess... Uh, I think it's a little bit sweeter than the... Um, the the nose leads you to believe, um, at least after that second sip and yep, onward. I would agree with that. Um, but it it does like definitely complement the smell. I know we've had some whiskeys that like they smell one way, and then you taste them, and you're like, "What the fuck is that? The same? How is that the same thing?" Yeah, it smells one way, tastes completely different. So yeah, um, this is not one of those. It's very complimentary, and it uh, is pretty damn good so far. So well, I am going to. Oh, there was a big one. Uh, firework if you're if you couldn't hear it um <clears throat> i am going to make a statement now before we get to the final thoughts um i am going to exclude this bottle from the end of year special. tournament special yes because i don't know if this bottle is going to have enough uh i i do intend that you guys know i share this with some friends that's mm -hmm. Part of what I love about whiskey and bourbons and whatnot is sharing them and seeing other people, how they react to them. I do intend on sharing this. It was given to me, and I want to let people try it. Yep. Um, I don't want this to just sit in my cabinet and me never pull it out. So with that being said, I don't know if we're going to have enough to get through the end of your special with it. That's why I'm making that decision. Uh, I mean... I, I if we find it if I can find it I will happily snag one if somebody wants to find it and send it to us we would love you forever I specifically would <laughs> um but you know I just wanted to go ahead and get that out of the way up front before we dive in before we drink on it for the whole episode Fair. um just just to be upfront and honest and and you know completely transparent with everybody appreciate it so all right, guys, we're going to dive into this uh, this topic as I hear a barrage of fireworks outside, and we'll learn something today. It's time for the Wonder Segment. All right, so um, trying to make a quick note here. All right, so today... I'll be teaching y'all. So let me pull myself up here. I always forget to do that. There we are. All right. So since tomorrow is the 4th of July, I thought we'd take a look into some of the interesting history from the war for America's independence. And I originally had planned to take a look at multiple different topics kind of obscure history. It, it is the revolutionary. There's not a ton of, you know, it's not as, as much history as, as we would have about the 1960s or, you know, the Apollo missions or whatever. So, and I've found several things that have appealed to me uh, that I can't make full, full episodes. On. Yes. I have several of those. And I started on this and I got sucked into the very first topic I was in and it actually did relate to one of those topics, but 
it next thing I know, it was basically the length of a episode of a regular episode. Well, so shit. I failed, and we're going to cover one thing about the Revolutionary <laughs> War today. Um, the problem was that one topic that I, I'm going to touch on at the end. It just does not have a lot, and it was just enough to finish this and make it a well-rounded. And it it is very very relatable. So, y'all. Put your seatbelts on. We're getting in the way back machine, and we're going. We're going way back today. So All buckle right. up. We're All gonna right. learn about the Culper Ring. The Culper Ring. Culper Ring. C U L P E R Ring. My precious. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I just broke Megan, y'all. Uh. <laughs> uh, the Culper Ring was a network of spies organized by General George Washington and Major Benjamin Talmadge. In 1778. Did you know what that was? Did you know what the Culper Ring was? I'm curious. Uh, no, I no? did not. Okay. Um, the spy group provided Washington information on the British from 1778 until 1783 when the British were finally removed from New York. Uh, I'm sorry, that's New York City. Uh, the group reported directly to Talmadge. However, Washington was the person responsible for directing the operations of the group. So essentially, Washington was the brains and Talmadge was the mouth. Um, but before we get too detailed into all that, let's kind of jump back and take a look uh, how and why, you know, all this was started without looking at, you know, the Revolutionary War. Um, so prior to the formation of the Culper Ring, Washington had had various spies that worked independently uh, to provide them information. The problem with this strategy was that it was uh, the the information was rarely uh, unified. It rarely complemented one another. It was just a bunch of loose ends that he was trying to sort through, and he really wasn't able to do much with it. Um, when he was forced to evacuate the Continental Army from New York, uh, he called upon George Clinton and William Heath to set up a, quote, channel of information on Long Island, but he left the details vague as he was not yet ready to attempt to set up permanent agents in occupied British territory. So instead, Washington asked for volunteers from the army to be spies. Captain Nathan Hale uh, was one of the volunteers who went to New York City under false identity, but he was soon discovered by the British and executed. They didn't fuck around. Um, so uh, this talk, Old George that uh, his spies needed to be a little more discreet and organized in order to infiltrate the Brits. And it also taught him that the spies needed to be civilians because they attracted less attention than military men. Uh, through the recommendation of William Dewar, Washington chose Nathaniel Sackett as his first civilian spy who began reporting to Talmadge. Uh, Sackett had some minor success, but Washington was unhappy with the amount of information and time that he was taking to obtain it. So they basically paid him off and stopped using him as a spy. He was just, he wasn't giving them really good quality information and he was taking a long time to get it and get it to them. Um, in August of 1778, Washington accepted an offer from Lieutenant Caleb Brewster to provide intelligence. Brewster was based in Norwalk, Connecticut, and after providing a very accurate first report to Washington, uh, he appointed Talmadge to, quote, handle Brewster and to recruit reliable agents within New York City. 
Uh, Talmadge recommended one of his childhood friends, Abraham Woodhull of Long Island, as a contract or as a contact for Brewster. Washington suggested that Woodhull use an alias and came up with the term Samuel Culper, uh, named after Culpeper County, Virginia, where Washington had worked as a surveyor in his youth. This name would later be altered to Samuel Culper Sr. Before he knew it, Talmadge was working with Brewster and Woodhull uh, to set up an embedded network of informants. Woodhull, whose sister Mary Underhill lived in New York City, he would travel down to visit her every few weeks and would gather intelligence so that it would look normal, as it were. Uh, but he was stopped October 31st, 1778, and questioned at a British checkpoint. Um, ultimately, he was let go, but he it definitely rattled him and made him realize how careful he had to be. Um, in the following November, he or I'm sorry, in November, so a couple days later, he was able to give a very detailed and precise report, and that kind of proved his worth as a spy. Uh, so he did this for a little while, and soon after, he recruited his brother-in-law, uh, who was Mary's husband, Amos Underhill, uh, and they together, they ran uh, a boarding house in New York City, and he recruited Amos into gathering intelligence as well. Basically, Amos kind of just passed tidbits along to uh, Woodhull. At first, Woodhull would have to return to Long Island to pass his messages along to Brewster, who would pass them to Talmadge. So this is, I don't know, you know, if you're not familiar with the geography of New York City, essentially what was happening, and I think I detail this a little bit later, um, but they were trying to get the information from New York City out onto Long Island across the Long Island Sound to Connecticut. So, um, so Woodhull would have to return to Long Island. He'd have to ride out there, pass the message to Brewster, who would take it across the Sound because he was a he was a had a ship or a boat or something, and then they would tell Talmadge in Connecticut. Um, but soon Talmadge had set up a courier system to, that would take the messages from New York uh, to to Connecticut, where Talmadge was located. Um, Talman would then deliver the message to Washington's headquarters. And after a year of, uh, after a year of them doing this, they had a, an express system set up of couriers and support systems and signals and all sorts of cool shit, uh, that would get the information from New York city to general Washington. Very national treasure. Oh, you have no idea. Oh, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> I actually referenced that movie later. Oh. An intricate system of signals and signs was used by the courier system, which would inform members of the spy ring that the information was either in the town or on the way to the town. So one such signal came from a lady named Anna Strong, who was a resident of C.C. Tuckett and a friend and neighbor of Woodhull. She would hang a black petticoat on her clothesline when Brewster had arrived in town Emma's waiting for the information and she would hang a specific combination of six white handkerchiefs that indicated which of six hiding spots he was located at. It's actually a really ingenious strategy. That's so freaking cool. As time passed, Woodhull became more and more anxious of being discovered. Like I said, he got kind of got stopped that one time and it really put paranoia in him. Freaked him him out. Um, And you know, I'm sure most people kind of would be. Hell yeah. Be terrified. Sorry, um, but because of this, 
Woodhull actually decided to lay low for a few months. Um, and during basically the same time period, uh, one of his neighbors who was a privateer was captured by the British and in order to save his own skin, basically said that Woodhull was involved in something nefarious, but that he didn't know exactly what. And so they let him go and went and tried to, uh, went looking for Woodhull. Um, and it just so happened that when they went to Setucket, which is where Woodhull lived, um, he was in New York City at the time. And despite this, the Brits attacked his father, Judge Richard Woodhull, and beat the crap out of him. Um, but it, they didn't kill him, so that is that is a good thing. But um, when Woodhull uh, Woodhull was able to avoid arrest when he arrived back in town, thanks to a loyalist militia officer who he was friends with that vouched for him. Um, so all this stuff, it it just kind of spooked Woodhull, and it caused him to kind of retire from the active spy game. Um, before, but before he, uh step down, I guess is a better word, better way of saying that before he stepped down, Woodhull had lined up somebody to take his place and he rode once more to New York city to make sure everything was set up for the new agent. During this transition, the British had intercepted a letter that referenced Talmadge and quote, C blank end quote. So it's literally like the first letter of a name and then the rest of it's blanked out. Mm. Um, shortly afterward, they attempted to capture Talmadge since they knew that he was Washington's head of intelligence, but they were unsuccessful. Instead, they got his horse and on his horse, they found letters between Washington and Talmadge identifying George Higday as a possible replacement uh, for C and other letters that confirmed that C was a spy in New York City. This meant that Higday was no longer an option as a spy, uh, but interestingly, he was able to escape execution. I'm not really sure. I guess you can't kill the man for them talking about... Them trying, wanting to... Yeah, them wanting him, him to like, be a spy. Yeah. Oh, damn, that guy doesn't want to spy for us. We should kill him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 1779... Woodhull recruited Robert Townsend to replace his role. Townsend also began using the alias Samuel Culper, but this time went by Junior, uh, as Woodhull then went on to become Senior. Townsend was involved in the tailoring business in New York, so him visiting New York was a lot less suspicious than Woodhull visiting his sister constantly. Makes sense. This is where they got the idea for like Kingsmen being tailors. I don't know. Uh, but it, it shower thoughts. Yeah. It, well, something similar comes up later too. Um, through tailoring Townsend had more access to British, uh, officers as well. And Townsend also wrote in a loyalist newspaper that was owned by James Rivington, uh, and shared part ownership in a coffee house with Rivington. Interestingly, Rivington was also a member of the Culper ring. So these people are posing as loyalists, you know, and it, it's, very interesting how actually spy, you know, like it's really was some spy shit. This, this you know? is some serious spy shit. Um, once Townsend began his operations gathering intelligence in New York City, Woodhull went back to Setucket and began focusing on revising the communications network. Townsend would pass his info to a courier, usually uh, a man named Jonas Hawkins or Austin Rowe. 
and they would take the info to see Tuckett, leave it in a hidden drop box in a field that Austin Rowe rented from Woodhull. Woodhull would evaluate, he would pick it up and it would evaluate slash comment on it, on the info that was received, pass it along to Brewster, who would then take it across Long Island Sound on his boat to Talmadge in Connecticut. And then, as I mentioned earlier, he would take it to old George. Uh, this is a minor note since I only mentioned their names very briefly, but in 1779, uh, Jonas Hawkins, the courier began growing a lot more anxious of British patrols. And shortly thereafter, Woodhull refused to use Hawkins as a courier because he began doubting his reliability. Um, so basically he, they just cut his ass out when he got spooked. Uh, so there were several other members of the Culper ring, um, and the secrecy that surrounded the organization, obviously, as you can imagine, was very intense. It's believed that these things uh, are that things were kept so secretive that Washington himself did not know the identity of all its operatives. Uh, specifically, Townsend was reported to be very insistent that only the bare minimum people needed to know his identity. So basically, the couriers, Woodhull, and uh, I believe, um, what's his name? What's his name? The guy that took it on the boat, um, Brewster. I think those were the only four people that knew Townsend. Wow. Um, Talmadge went so far as to create a code book in order to increase the vocabulary of the, of the ring. Uh, by 1779, he had completed several pocket dictionaries that essentially translated their code into actual words and meaning, which is a risky move. Um, but to, off- to offset some of the risk, these books were only given to Washington, Woodhull, Townsend, and Talmadge, mainly because it allowed them to easily translate the messages they were receiving on the notes and the information, and they could kind of check and make sure it was it was adding up compared to other information they were getting. Um, but the books also gave code numbers to all the main players, including Washington, who was number 711. These books also helped the Culper Ring have more support than previous spies, which led to its success. The Culper Ring had many other secretive techniques as well, the most interesting of which was the ability to write messages in invisible ink. Using fresh lemon juice, information could be written on innocent letters and later be revealed with a heat source or sometimes sodium carbonate to expose the true message. Basically, the methods that were shown in the awesome Nicolas Cage movie, National Treasure. Hey, <laughs> I was waiting for it. The Culper Ring occasionally wrote invisible uh, messages to one another, sometimes being so bold as to put, put them right on newspapers. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the Culper Ring ended up being a vast network of spies, informants, couriers, and just support personnel that, you know, to help get that job done. Uh, there were a few other informants and members associated that I came across, uh, and their names were Cathan, uh, Cathan, Captain Nathan Woodhull, who was Abraham's uncle, and he was a loyalist militia officer, uh, and he would pass information on the on the uh, Brits to Abraham. Uh, George Smith was another whaleboat captain or whaleboat man who would fill in for Brewster, taking things across the uh, Long Island Sound towards the end of the war. Uh, there was Joshua Davis, who was one of Brewster's deputies, and he was an occasional fill-in, and uh, Hercules Mulligan, who was a friend of Townsend's father, 
and was an active member of the Sons of Liberty. He was actually um, recruited by Alexander Hamilton. Interestingly enough, um, he was married. Mulligan was married to the daughter of a Royal Navy admiral and owned a clothing business, and that gave him access to the British officers, who openly spoke with him about military matters. More tailors. Yep. Um, and although he cooperated with the Culper Ring, Mulligan was really more of a more of a like a lone agent. He wasn't necessarily a member. He just kind of helped them out from time to time. I'm going to pause here for a minute once Megan's done drinking. All right. Sorry, sorry. Um, So far, this has been like movie. This is movie shit. Like, yeah, you don't really think about it being back in those times, but it really was like some spy. Yeah. Real spy shit. Um, During the time of the revolution, women were not considered threats to military commanders, which made them great spies. Hell Yeah. Because of this, cooks and maids were often used to spy on the soldiers. As I mentioned earlier, the Culper Ring used women to help signal and support the travel of information. Uh, but there was at least one woman who played a very major role in the Culper Ring's intelligence gathering activities in New York, or what's thought to have been a major role. Let me say it that way. This is the topic that I couldn't make into an entire topic. Agent 355. No! <laughs> <laughs> That's two I've stolen from Megan. God damn it. No. I was like, don't say it. Don't say it. I knew when you pulled your phone out, I was about to steal one. <laughs> Agent 355 has been on my list to do as a topic for a while now. It's been on mine too. But I haven't been able to figure out how to make it a full episode because frankly, there's not much known about her. What we do know is that there's only one direct mention of her in a letter from Woodhull to Washington where Woodhull describes her as, quote, one who hath been ever serviceable to this correspondence, end quote. The other facts we know about Agent 355 are that she worked with the Americans as a spy during the Revolutionary War. She was likely recruited into the Culper Ring by Woodall. She lived in New York City. At one point, she was in close contact with Benedict Arnold, and based on the way the code numbers were constructed in that code book, it appeared that she, quote, had a degree of social prominence. End quote. There are several theories on who Agent 355 actually was. One is that Agent, you know, that she was Anna Strong, the neighbor that hang, hung the, hung the, the petticoat. black petticoat and whatnot. Yep. Um, another thinks that she was Robert, Robert Townsend's common law wife, while some other theories think that it simply refers to a woman who was not formally tied to the Culper Ring. Uh, regardless of who Agent 355 was, it's thought that she played a very prominent role in exposing Benedict Arnold, which is an interesting name for a future wonder wonder segment as a traitor to America. Yep. So I am glad I got to work that in. I'm sorry I stole that from you. Well, but there's not enough information on her to do a whole wonder segment. Not that I could find it huh. everywhere. I'd find it would be websites that had like two or three paragraphs and and that's it. Just because no one she's literally only mentioned one time. Well, I I guess I'm glad that you did Agent 355. If if you want to do a 355 and you can find a ton more info, you bring it. You do it. Cause I just touched on it just to give it enough to round out as a full episode. All right. I'm gonna see if maybe anyone has written a book on her. I uh, yeah, I uh, uh, yeah. 
I'm not a reader like that. Um, um, I just think it's, uh, I remember reading somewhere that there, uh, there was a list of essentially the, in 1929, they found a list of all the, the, the names and their code, essentially their code names. Mm -hmm. And she was the only one that they couldn't match up. So, um, anyway, Megan's looking up. She's trying to find well, some. It's all um, fiction books. Like, yeah, that, <sighs> yeah. That's what I I find is like there's there's just nothing known about her. She existed yeah. and she did something and she helped. Did huge something yes. huge. And we don't know. <laughs> so maybe we'll find out one day. Maybe it's in a desk somewhere in New England. Um, you live in New England and you're in an old house. Go check your attic for random shit. Yeah. Yeah. If you see anything with 355 on it, you you send it here to us. Whiskey and Wonder. First. <laughs> yeah, send it to us first. Yes. And put a secret message with lemon juice. We'll use a uh, hair dryer. <laughs> hair dryer to solve that. Nick Cage style. Anyway, I'm going to get... Uh, I'm going to go ahead and move it on now. Sorry. Trivia with Tyler. All right. So I'll be the first one to tell you I'm going out of order today on my trivia with Tyler that I that I have here on my phone. Uh, mainly because I just happened to be glancing through them and I realized... In three episodes, we would have had one that tied very closely in with um, episode 81, I guess it would be, the one where uh, I covered the Apollo 11 missions. When Neil Armstrong first stepped on the moon, inside his pocket was a small piece of, the, of fabric from the 1903 Wright Brothers flyer. So I did not have that in my Wonder segment. I did not realize that went up there with them. Until I saw that trivial Tyler again. That so, is so cool. They paid homage to a lot of stuff when they went up there. And that was yeah, an is. awesome, awesome little uh, tribute, I guess. So um, I think we're running a little early today, but we're going to go ahead and move on to the uh, whiskey. Final thoughts. I spoke oh. a little too soon there. Yeah, Megan's talking during the drops. Shame Shit. on her. I'm not used to this anymore. I know. She's out of practice. So as we add some water to this and swirl it around, that was a really good topic. Well, thank you. I'm, thank you. I'm Like I said, I didn't intend. I kind of backed into that today, but. So I, I went through roller coaster emotions at yeah. the very beginning because you said I wanted to do like a whole bunch of like obscure history about the. Um, oh, no. American Revolution or whatever. And I was like, oh my God, he's going to mention Agent 355. And then you were like, but I fell into this one. And I ended up the whole topic is on this one. I, when I asked the culprit <laughs> ring thing, I was that was to see if, you, if Agent 355 would have been on your list. Because I was like, she'll know from that. And then you said no. I was like, oh, I'm in the clear. Fine. Nope. Uh, did not. Uh, did not realize. So then. Uh, well. This has just been a, an emotional roller coaster for everybody. It has been. Um, 
So yeah, good topic. Uh, very interesting. I hope one day we do know more about Agent 355, even if it, you know, it might happen when we are um, dead and gone and we're like watching the TV up in the sky that lets us see what everyone we want to see. Yeah, you know, we get to fast forward and rewind back to history. Mm-hmm. I I saw, I don't even remember what the context was, but it was a picture of uh, George Washington that somebody had doctored up to look like a, uh, not even, I don't know, it's some hybrid between a millennial and a Gen Zer that was like, it had changed, it, it looked like the traditional George Washington stuffy looking picture, but it had got rid of his wig and shaved the sides of his head and then had like a mop grown on top, you know, that stupid hairstyle people have now. <laughs> Or they grow it like this high up here, but shave the sides. I blame Odell Beckham Jr. for that. But anyway, um, yeah. So I saw they had done that to George Washington. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> what is what is happening? Um. So I put a little bit of water in this whiskey. We'll actually talk about the whiskey now for those that are interested in it. Megan's shaking like a demon over there, trying to get it super um, mixed up. Because I, I put some water in it. I took a sip, and it was very tangy. 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 I did not get tangy. That's the word I like first can come up with. So I'm trying to like mix this bitch up and see if tang happens again. Um, No, I don't get tangy. I get a a little bit of spice, um, but about on par with with what it was before. Maybe a uh, one of the one of the descriptions I read earlier mentioned rye spice. Um, So maybe I can see a little more of the rye spice. Um, but I still get a lot of lot of that traditional bourbon note. It's just kind of muted. Yeah. It it's it like I said earlier at the beginning, it's got uh it's like a traditional bourbon flavor is just just really upfront and mm-hmm. really, really noticeable, whereas now it's just kind of like brought it back down a it, little bit. The water almost turned it from like a you're getting like punched like bang, bang, bang from for from a the flavors that we started with to now it's kind of more like a, yeah, it, a smooth ride. Yeah. It's, it's like, <clears throat> I, this is going to sound stupid, but in my head, I thought of like, <laughs> like an art artist palette. Like you had the red and the green and or the red and the yellow and the, the blue. Mm-hmm. And then you put the water in and you took a little bit of blue and mixed it with yellow and got some green. And then you took it and like, you just <laughs> yeah, subtly like mixed everything together. All... It wasn't a hard change. Yes. That is know? exactly what happened with the water. Once I mixed it up. Yeah. That is exactly what happened. So that, so it that's went a from... weird analogy, but that's kind of how in my mind, how it I, went. I mean, yeah, it's exactly what happened. It went from like, bam, bam, bam to just like, we got a little of this. Now we got a little of this. And yeah. It's it, chill. It, very and mellow. Like, yeah. Like a, so. like. I'm not going to lie, though. I I preferred it without the water. I preferred it without the water, too. It definitely yeah. was more unique without the water. Yeah. Still has good flavors with the water, but I feel like this experience with the water, we could get from a lot of different um, bourbons where, like, the. The bam, bam, bam was something that was fairly unique to um, this guy without water. So um, I would rather have it without the water. Um, the flavor definitely has been nougaty um, and like vanilla, um, a little bit of spice, a little bit of cherry. Um, it's very good traditional 
like bourbon flavors. Um, I don't know, Tyler. What do you what do you what do you think? What do you want to add? Um, I'm gonna give it a knock. I I I am gonna. I'm not gonna rate it. Uh, it is very good. It is it is delicious. It is something I wish I could have again soon. Um, the knock is that I can't. The knock is that it costs 150 to 170 dollars a bottle. Um, I've heard. I, we've obviously we've not done it on here, and I would tell you guys if I'd had it, I have not. Um, I've heard that the 12 year is almost as good. Um, so it's on my list to, to get on here and it's almost, it's about half the price. Um, so that's my knock on it. It's, it is very, very good, but for the price, I would struggle. I would, if I find it again, I would buy it just to have it in my collection. I would probably only pull it out on special occasions. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean like the specialist of special occasions, like it would have to be like a, an anniversary or somebody died or something like that. Yeah. Where I want to celebrate something. Yeah. Uh, not just like, Oh, I'm going to pull it out for my 34th birthday or something like that. You know? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's facts. Um, at it's it's knock for me is definitely its price point and its rarity, um, especially if the twelve is supposed to be very very similar to the fifteen. Um, that ooh, I did the little lip smacky thing. I haven't done that in a while. Um, that has me a bit disappointed in what it is because the price point. Like if this was this could be a $70 whiskey and be perfect worth every penny of it. Yes. Which is about the 12's price point. I think the yeah. 12 is 70 to 80 bucks. Yeah. Um, like that, that price. Yes, definitely worth it. I don't think this is a $170 whiskey. Um, we've done a few whiskeys that are in the upper hundreds. Um, and, that have been worth it. And this, I just, I don't, I don't see it as one of them. So, um, that being said, I mean, it is good. I like it, but it's, it's an eight. It's an eight for me. Eight for you. I'm looking online right now and I see, uh, Knob Creek 12 ranging from, uh, I see it for $67 yeah. all the way up to, uh, 95. So. Yeah. That should be the range for this dude. I think I think what gets this one up is the rarity. The fact yeah. that they've only made it once or twice now. Um <clears throat> and I do want to point out to folks, you said an eight, right? Yep. Right. Sorry, I'm just writing that down. I do want to point out to folks if you're on the um YouTube, go check it out. If not, look up look up a picture of the Knob Creek fifteen. It is this red label, but it does have on the side uh, this little yellow gold gold little uh, part of the label. And if I'm not mistaken, there is a there's a Knob Creek maple. Sorry, I'm going to look it up just to verify that I get this right. That is also uh, 
a similar color, but the actual, uh, it says, nope, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It does have this, this little yellow stuff on the side. It just says smoked maple down here, but it, it is almost the same color label. So be very careful. With what you're buying. With what you're buying, yep. And so especially if you're buying like secondhand. Yep. Um from a reseller. Yep. So just just make sure you read and, and know what you're getting. But um yeah, I stand by everything everything we've said up until now, and I am going to I Hmm. I'm torn between two here. All right, well. I am going. I'm not going to take anything off because it's it's hard to find inexpensive. I'm going to judge it just on flavor. Just I'm going, flavor? going with a nine. Okay. All right, Tyler. The second nine I've ever given out. Wow. That is, that is. I think, I think this is the better button. <laughs> I mean, that is also a very good button. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I really, I knew going into this, like I said, I've had this before. Um, I, I've had this on a lineup of very, uh, very hard to find allocated bottles. And this has been the one I've liked the most out of, out of about 12 different bottles. Um, I, and I remember which one was second as well. And if we ever get that on the show, I will disclose that one. as Actually, I'll go ahead and tell you now. It was Elmer T. Lee. Uh, which is very hard to find. All right. So if you see it, snag it, send it to us if you want. Please. We would appreciate it. Yes, we would. But um, <clears throat> on that note, guys. Yeah. Speaking of appreciating things, we appreciate you guys. Um, we appreciate everyone who uh, listens, shares, rates, reviews, does all the amazing things, subscribes. Yes, I've, um, I completely forgot to... Uh, to thank you guys earlier for the donations and the support. I completely skipped that in my schedule. I apologize so much. Thank you guys so much for everything you do. Our donators, our Patreons, all of you amazing people that have made it so we could get to episode 83. Yep. Um, this would not happen without you. So thank you guys so much. Um, I'm glad to be sitting back in the pod chair um, with, Tyler and I look forward to hopefully staying in the pod chair for many more episodes. Yep. Well, oh. we, uh, you know, we just want to say thank you seriously from the bottom of our hearts. Um, and I want to say thank you to everybody that's reached out, uh, with, with words of support and encouragement this week. Uh, I really do appreciate it. And you know, it's, <clears throat> it, I can't say how much it it really does help when you guys like and subscribe and rate and you buy the t-shirts and you buy the stickers and I mean like it helps us fund these things. We have mm-hmm. awesome people like John and Ryan who are donating, you know, their some of their hard to find whiskeys or at least letting us taste little bits of them, you know, and mm-hmm. and it's just a great great thing. But at the end of the day, we can't do it without the support you guys give us. For um, sure. So, you know, if you want to support, there's a ton of ways you can. If you just want to like, subscribe, tell your friends, you want to donate on Patreon or PayPal or, you know, just buying T-shirts and stuff. So, yes. However well, you would like to support us, we appreciate every it. Every little bit helps. Thank you guys so much. 
Um, I look forward to talking to you guys next week and seeing you all next week. Um, send us an email at uh, contact at whiskeyandwonder.com or shoot us a message on any of our social medias. And um, other than that, I think it is time to get on out of here. Um, we hope you have had a safe and uh, wonderful 4th of July if you are celebrating. Um, Apologies if you've heard the fireworks in the background. I don't think I've heard Benson bark, but the one time. Yeah. So good for him. Yeah. Um, thank you guys so much. You are a wonderful. Don't drink and drive. Cheers. Goblins.